0: Well, it's good to end the week on a positive note. Thank you very much, Tim. That's Tim Huxley, the CEO of Mandarin Shipping. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3 also on a positive note, Asian markets are surging ahead at the end of the week. In Australia, the SX200 is up two-thirds of one percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is up over one percent. Uh, the Cosby has jumped one and a quarter percent at the open in South Korea. And here in Hong Kong, looks like the Hang Seng is going to add about 180 points, taking the index to just above 24,900 at the open, if the futures markets are correct. And in the commodities markets, gold is uh, also firmer now, trading at $1,951 an ounce. Uh, Brent crude oil also rising in Asian trading at $45.06 a barrel. But the U.S. dollar is slipping here in Asia uh, against the Japanese yen. It's at 105.7 right now. Thank you very much for listening this week. Do have a great weekend. Stay tuned to Radio 3 for Back Chats with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings in just one moment. The weather forecast for today, mainly fine apart from isolated showers. Uh, Very hot during the day. The maximum temperature is going to be about 33 degrees. And there will be a few showers in the next few days. Very hot over the weekend. The very hot weather warning is in force. The temperature out at the observatory right now, 29 degrees. And it's 81% relative humidity. 8.32,
1: here's Ben Che with the half-hour news. The Justice Secretary, Teresa Chang, has started proceedings to halt a second private prosecution brought by lawmaker Ted Hui. This time, it's a case involving a taxi driver whose vehicle ploughed into a group of protesters in Sham Shui Po last October. Earlier this week, Ms. Cheng started the process to halt the prosecution of a policeman who shot and seriously injured a student protester last November. Mr. Hui says he's furious and is considering seeking a judicial review.
2: She's trying to destroy rule of law.
3: She's overriding rule of law with politics and with rule of man. And it's the second time that she intervened in my cases. And actually, she intervened in all my cases. It implies that she is shutting down all legal channels through which citizens can pursue justice through court of law.
1: American officials have declined to acknowledge any plans for a new round of trade talks with China, after Beijing said discussions would take place in the coming days. The video conference talks were originally due to take place last Thursday to assess the first six months of the phase one trade deal between the world's two largest economies. The foreign ministry in Beijing said yesterday the talks were imminent. President Trump's former chief strategist Steve Bannon has pleaded not guilty at a court in New York to fraud and money laundering charges hours after his arrest. Mr. Bannon and three other men are accused of diverting hundreds of thousands of U.S. dollars from an online campaign to build a privately funded wall along the U.S. border with Mexico. The BBC's Barbara Platt Usher is in Washington. The charges are that Mr. Bannon and three associates ripped off donors with a funding drive to build a part of Mr. Trump's wall along the southern border with Mexico. The campaign was called We Build the Wall, and according to the indictment, uh, Mr. Bannon had said that 100% of the funds would be used to go to that project, but in fact hundreds of thousands of dollars were used for other things. Mr. Bannon himself, the indictment says, took $1 million, which he used to secretly pay a co-defendant and also to pay some of his personal expenses channelling some of the money through a not-for-profit that he was in charge of. And that's the news from RTHK.
4: Good morning and welcome to Chat. I'm Hugh and your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about the vetting of textbooks and about academic freedom. Publishers informed Liberal Studies teachers earlier this week that some contents of textbooks are going to be revised to help students to establish positive values. According to a press release by the Education Bureau, the publishers voluntarily participated in the professional consultancy service and refined the textbooks with a view to sieving out inaccurate parts from the rest. The revised content will emphasize the criminal consequences of civil disobedience, strengthen students' identity as both Hong Kongers and Chinese, and, quote, clarify that Hong Kong's political system is not based on the so-called separation of three powers. Well, what do you think about the changes? Are you concerned that education is being reshaped in Hong Kong? Or is that just what was needed? Is there any real evidence the new national security law is in any way impinged on the freedoms that the city's scholars enjoy? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us our telephone number is 233-88266. We we'll look forward to hearing from you, 233-88266.
5: Joining us for the first half of the programme, we have Regina Ip, New People's Party Chairwoman and Executive Councillor, and Colin Lai, Executive Committee Member of the Hong Kong, Hong kong professional teachers union good morning welcome to back chat good morning uh regina well, I, regina let's start with you um okay what do you what do you make of these textbooks changes i mean as you're well aware i mean uh hong kong's highest court has said several times that um, hong kong has a system of separation of powers but yet it seems now that um school textbooks are not allowed to say the same thing that the judges in hong kong say
6: well i have a long pressed for um, more rigorous scrutiny of our textbooks even before the national security law came into effect. Uh, I was really very unhappy that the, the liberal studies course does not have any prescribed textbooks. You cannot learn real liberal education without studying texts. Nobody teaches it like that in the US or in the UK, you know. On separation of powers, I was particularly astounded about the misunderstanding and the way it has been mistaught in schools, you know. And I have raised my concerns to the government and even to the judiciary. Separation of powers never existed in Hong Kong. It didn't even exist in UK. People who wrote the textbooks, people who taught it in schools, they never studied the subject. This is not what Walter Badgett said if you have read Walter Badgett's the English constitution. The first chapter says one of the greatest myths about the English system is the separation of powers. It does not exist in the UK because the legislature and the executive branches are united by the cabinet. You know, in Hong Kong, the, the colonial governor was the president of LegCo until 1993. And LegCo always did as the executive branch told them to. And under the basic law, we have an executive-led system. So I think what, uh, you know, i noticed the professional teachers' unions responded that, that, uh, oh, this is the common understanding. That does not mean it is correct. And I am really very angry that the teachers and the textbook writers have been misleading our students for so long.
5: So, sounds like you, you think this is just really a first step, right? You're saying, you're basically saying this is long overdue, and uh, this is just a first step to a more general overhaul of a subject that you think is very problematic.
6: Well, I think this subject should be abolished. You think it should be abolished? you don't have teachers qualified you, to teach political system. It should be made optional at best, you well, know? I think we should go back to the old system. History teachers teaching history, Chinese teachers teaching Chinese, not general studies teachers teaching something that they don't really understand. The same with civil disobedience. You know, have the teachers who taught civil disobedience really read the doctrine? You know, have they read the court of real judgment on civil disobedience? The key it... ingredient is civil disobedience must be, number one, nonviolence. Number two, the person who instigated it should accept the punishment to point out, they highlight the injustice of the system. Number three, it is not a defense to criminal offense. You know, how come these are not taught at school?
5: You say liberal studies should be abolished, um, and of course the chief executive has talked about um, introducing more, more national education. Should it perhaps be replaced by some sort of national studies subject? Is that? Is I
6: don't think we need a standalone, separate national education subject. We don't need that, you know. All we need is to help students understand in an objective, impartial way Chinese history, Chinese culture. You know, I studied a lot more Chinese history and Chinese culture in the colonial days. My English teachers, they were not biased. They were not always pointing a finger at Chinese communists. They were not anti-China. And I had a good education in the colonial days.
5: Okay, we're also also joined by Colin Lai, Colin Lai, Executive Committee Member at the Hong Kong Professional Teachers Union. Mr Lai, would you like to respond to some of the points you just heard? Yes, uh,
3: first of all, I'd like to point out that liberal, Years and we always take the multiple perspective approach in teaching our students so uh, to say that we are mr light anti- mr light sorry yes? sorry
4: can i just interrupt I'm, I'm really sorry could you if you're on a speakerphone could i ask you to just to speak directly into the into the phone because you you do sound a little bit distant and just oh, f- oh, for everyone's okay. comfort um Uh, Hello? That's perfect, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Yeah. carry on, Mr. Lai, please.
3: Okay, yes. Uh, First of all, I'd like to respond to the accusation that uh, liberal studies teachers have been anti-China or anti-government or whatever label uh, uh, the people would like to put on us. Uh, Liberal studies teachers have always been very professional all through the years. We always use the multiple perspective approach in teaching our students. Uh, When we talk about China, we talk about the achievement and also some of the problems that china is facing right now so uh to say that we are we we are biased is is an unfair accusation and secondly uh when we talk about uh when we talk about civil disobedience things like that we all always uh, point out to the students that there would be criminal uh accusations that they have to face the consequences that is also part of our professionalism in uh, putting forward multiple perspectives to our students. Now, so when we go back to the question of whether liberal studies should be kept or uh, to, to be uh, to be cancelled, we need to talk about a uh, wider picture here. Now, nobody could deny that Hong Kong has become more politicized, right, after the handover in 1997. So our Teenagers, our youngsters, they have to know more about the society that's part of their civil responsibilities, right? So liberal studies is exactly doing that. We, we put forward not only the political issues, we also uh, talk about a lot of other issues like personal development. We talk about uh, environmental issues, public health, globalization, and so on. Now, uh, is Mrs. Yip saying that students do not need these things?
5: OK, let's ask her, then. Theria, are you saying that students shouldn't be taught about these subjects? Well,
6: I'd I like Mr. Lai to respond to my point. The misunderstanding about separation of powers, how does he respond to that? Can he deny that there has been widespread misunderstanding and teachers have been teaching students about this?
5: I, I, the sorry, of uh, power has
6: never existed in Hong Kong, whether before or after 1997. I, 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 I will pay, How can I, teach this and have your teachers be teaching this as well? Mrs. This is a fundamental error.
5: Mrs. Ip, you say it's a fundamental error, but judges, are highest judges in Hong Kong, well, again and again, what's wrong with teachers following what courts and judges in Hong Kong have said? You may well, think the, the judges, judges are wrong, I but I the judges have, have said tons that.
6: Of judgments. The judges refer to it, but they, they are not political scientists. You know, they had not explained. They had not explained whether uh, separation of powers existed in Hong Kong. They never discussed it. They only
5: referred to it. I no, think, I think you can look at the Court of ju- Final Appeal Judgment, Lung kuo uh, two, two thousand September 28th, 2014. There's a fairly clear I think explanation also there.
6: also a misunderstanding. That is not uh, pivotal to the, the the judgment anyway. I have written to the Supreme Court about it. I have written to Supreme the... Supreme Court. I any
4: of the judges. So when you say you write, believe so, so. is one thing, text
6: is
5: another.
4: Okay, you, you Regina, a Supreme Regina, Court. I should, what does that mean? And, and listeners, I should point out that uh, <laughs> <laughs> Danny Dan, is actually doing a PhD on the separation of powers uh, in Hong Kong.
6: Oh,
4: I'm happy. to. <laughs> <you> yeah, I, <laughs> <don't> <laughs> but let's let's let's, let's, well, let's go let's go to Colin Lai, I mean. Theory, uh, but yeah, it I know, it, not and it exists in Hong Kong. It's obviously something no, that does can does be discussed, but Hong maybe, Kong. maybe another time, another day. Uh, 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 Colin Lai, do you want to respond to uh, that claim by Regina? That, that objection? Yes, uh,
3: actually, actually, uh, the the uh, what what Mrs. Yeap has just said is uh, as exactly highlighted the importance of liberal studies. Now, as Mrs. Yeap has just pointed out. Uh, the separation of power, well, she she's against the idea of separation of power I'm not Hong against Kong, the idea of separation of oh, okay, power. Sorry. Don't put you, words
6: into my mouth. Okay, I am not sorry. against this now, idea. So have, I'm just saying it does not exist in Hong Kong.
3: So you, you have just admitted that uh, the question of whether separation of power exists in Hong Kong is debatable because you're just saying that... No, 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 no. your no, opinion... I'm, now, don't interrupt me, OK? Thank you. Right? So um, you have just admitted that this is your opinion that separation of power is, does not exist in Hong Kong. But as the, uh, as the host has just uh, pointed out, uh, actually, the high judges in Hong Kong have pointed out that separation of power do have that significance in Hong Kong. So this is something that we need to debate. Well, when we talk about the separation of power, when we talk about the rule of law, we will present both
7: of the views to Please. our students and
6: Please. then... Yes, there. there are, I. I yes. you know, it is untrue that separation of powers is a key tenet of the rule of law. If you read Lord Bingham on the rule of law, it never mentions the separation of powers. Separation of powers as a system exists in the U.S. It's in the U.S. Constitution. It's not in the U.K. The U.K. doesn't have a written constitution. It's not in our basic law. It's not in well, the colonial era. I think the, the judges the have been laboring under demand. a lot of misunderstandings about that. So, what about Jeffrey
3: Ma and uh, Andrew Lee's comment on the separation of powers before, as pointed out? Previously well, the, here. Did he, did, uh, so, I think it. So it means that I'm not saying that who is right
6: and who is wrong. Well, well I, I think, think I don't I'm, know, um, but and Jeffrey uh, Ma, Jeffrey okay, Ma, 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 yeah. so Ma, say yeah. that separation of powers exists in Hong Kong. Yes, yeah. he re- could re- talk about the the doctrine. But can he say that it but exists Regina, in Hong Kong?
4: Regina, th- surely this just proves the fact that it is debatable, uh, and therefore it should be debated. It's an important issue, uh, and it's, as I say, subject to different views. I think
6: uh, debate is one thing. Mm. To say that it exists in Hong Kong is another. You have to look <laughs> at the facts. It doesn't even exist in the UK. You have it from Walter Batchett. You have it from Bertrand Russell.
3: So even even though right even though uh, well if we take a, a million steps back and say that there is no separation of power in Hong Kong, what's wrong with bringing up these topics to be discussed in the classroom? For example, I think it should be we know that drug abuse drug abuse is wrong, but we still talk about that. Of course, of course, we'll talk about uh, uh, the, the the disadvantages or the harmful effects on the youth, but. There are things in the society that we need to discuss rather than that we just put forward a certain view to our students without any discussion. That's the whole point of liberal
6: studies. So are you suggesting that there is no point of discussion? Um, It should be done at university level. If you go to a lot of schools. So so, now, we're going back to a more fundamental problem that you are saying that in all universities, there's no room for discussion. Are you suggesting that? Are you suggesting that? If you want to discuss it, you need to have texts. How come these students are not given primary texts? They are only given uh, school-based texts made up by teachers or textbook writers who don't really fully understand the subject? Well, I really doubt that you, you have to look visited any tech. of the classrooms in Hong Kong. If you want to Kong, disobedience, huh? how can you just spend 40 or fifty minutes
3: in the classroom without
6: using any text? Is that, you that really go practical? Go back to primary materials. We use because primary because of the materials. Text, you we never always primary use primary materials. materials. They Do are you only, you know, publishers have complained. About school-based materials, making use of publishers' materials, mm. I have never. R- Regina, I have
5: t- I have two because- children. I have two t- I have two children studying liberal studies, and um, they in the, their liberal studies course at their school, they they're often referred to statements by the Hong Kong government, uh, statements by other people in Hong Kong. They, they it's true they're not given the Henry uh, Bagot or anything like that, but I think that's a bit beyond they're the uh, uh, a bit be, a bit beyond the reach of uh, younger 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 students. But uh, they so, look at so statements from the Hong God, Kong God, government. God, look at statements from be, other people in hong kong be
6: taught at university level
5: so you don't you think mean, secondary schools students just are capable
6: taught on the basis of hearsay or even government statements no, that is so not so sufficient from, rigorous. There's there's from this is based on judges or a quote from judges
3: there should be no discussion in primary and secondary education that's what she's saying and also i like to uh, i'd like to correct one uh, misunderstanding here it's actually very easy. It's all open information. Uh, in, the, in the liberal studies examination, I mean the DSE public examination papers, they're using a lot of primary sources in, the, in setting the questions. So we as teachers, of course it is an exam subject, we have to prepare our students to, to do the exam. So how could we not use primary uh, sources or information as Missus Gibb is suggesting?
6: We well, use do that think- all the time.
4: Okay. Mrs. Well, e, can, the I? the can I, can, I know.
6: questions are another serious problem. Okay. Uh, now, now, the Liberal Studies has six modules, but the questions keep focusing, just Hong Kong issues, you know. Uh, you, you agree it's as good that legislators should protest in order to check the government? Only one narrow aspect, based on news, not based on theory, not based on in-depth study or analysis. If you want to quote judges, I can tell you one judge... Judge Ronald uh, Russell Coleman said in his judgment, "Academic freedom in the basic law really means freedom, academic freedom of the institution.
4: No, no, it doesn't it, really
6: mean. It. If you like to uh, look up judgment, look up that one. Russell Coleman."
4: on academic freedom. Uh, freedom. Mrs. Yip, can, 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 I, can I put it to you? You said that you received a good education under, under the colonial system. Um, uh, but this is the 21st century and you've got to deal with these issues. You've got to deal with the with the, with the lively politics of Hong Kong. You've got to deal well, with globalisation. You've got to deal well, with technology. Uh, it's a different world. And so uh, well, and liberal studies is the best no, way to no, approach it. that's what
6: you think. That's what I, you just, think. We also have issues of our time. When we study literature, we mm-hmm. also debate contemporary topics. Mm-hmm. When we study Chinese history, we also talk about modern China. Every every subject could have a critical thinking element.
5: It seems like you don't you know, want that you, you at, in liberal not, studies. You
6: should no, People should not think that only liberal studies could teach critical thinking. And no, there is a lot of misunderstanding about you critical thinking anyway.
3: This Mrs. Yip, do, do you think that there should be no discussion in primary and secondary education? That's what, seem, depends seems like, that's on, what you are
6: suggesting. It depends on how it is done, whether it's a so is done based or on text. Oh, I think it's really primary school students teaching them separation of powers. If you teach well, it
3: we in are not too superficial way. in primary education, we are, put, we, are, we, we are using that as a senior secondary subject. They are about. I have seen.
6: I have seen. I have seen one P two civic education test, which asks the students simply to answer on which day a policeman shot somebody. Is that liberal education? Well, hmm? uh, what is the point of uh, teaching students that focusing on a police shooting somebody? You can't just police pick shooting. out. You can't just pick out a statement from. A, uh, uh, like a, I, I don't know a, where. And I cannot show you lots of, uh, of textbooks, lots of teaching materials which veer way beyond a real liberal education. So what do you think the liberal studies... Just of bias, bigotry, stirring up hatred between different sections of our society.
5: What do you think liberal studies should be replaced with, Regina Rip? You, you said I you'd think, like to see uh, it abolished. All then.
6: universities now teach first year composing general education as in American universities liberal studies can be made optional and i think students should be required to study choose one subject from three different areas social sciences humanities um and the the basic sciences i think liberal studies i would much rather do chinese history chinese culture english literature or world history because liberal studies has become a core subject do you know that there are now only 300 students doing English literature, and about 2,000 doing Chinese culture, and 5,000 doing Chinese history, and fewer than 5,000 doing world history. The humanities subjects have taken a great hit, and they would learn a lot more from a serious studies of humanities than from a superficial studies of these complex
5: Concept. Of course, you were part of the administration when Liberal Studies was made at Compulsory, so I appreciate you were Secretary for Security, but um, it, that was you, you were part of the Hong Kong government at the time that it was decided... No, I to... have no
6: say, as Secretary for Security, I have no say on education matters. And when I returned from the US in 2006, I have been written for, I have been writing for 10 years, more than 10 years, against this subject. Not because uh, of the National Security I have, I have, I have to go. I'm afraid I can debate you some other time. I have written tons of letters to Michael Shin. To Hosau Lan, you know, and to Lam Dai as education panel chair, voicing my dissatisfaction with the uh, translation of critical thinking and other problems with the new secondary school curriculum.
4: Yes, may I respond? Okay, Regina, yeah, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. I should say she, she did plan to go uh, at this time. Five minutes so earlier. She's not walking she? out or anything like that. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Colin Lai, yeah, you wanted to say?
3: Yes, I think uh, Mrs. Yim has just exactly highlighted why we need liberal studies in Hong Kong. First of all, we are not living in the past, right? Uh, Hong Kong society, as with the world, is changing very quickly, and so our students need to have the ability to respond to a lot of things. Now, even though we are an economic city, as people say, now now even in the business profession, we need to, we need to take into consideration many of the social and political issues in the society. So that's what we... Uh, trying to do in liberal studies. Second, the world is changing so rapidly. So we are talking about uh, uh, we we are teaching students the skills to deal with these changes. Now in liberal studies, we don't give uh, we don't give a definite knowledge or text to our students. As with the what we call conventional subjects uh, like uh, English literature or history or so on, right? We we use current issues to discuss with our students what the society is, uh, is doing right now, right, so that when they, uh, when they leave the school and enter the society to work, they will know the skills on how to tackle with different situations. And whether or not liberal studies should be made a compulsory subject or an optional subject, well, we, I think we need to go back to a, a, a fundamental question, is that whether civil responsibilities, whether a civil society, whether civil awareness, these kinds of things should be a a basic element in the makeup of a teenager. I think everybody needs to have a knowledge of some of these things, and that's what we are exactly doing in liberal studies. And I'd like to to repeat a point that uh, in liberal studies, uh, so far the teachers have been very professional, Right. At the beginning of the of the DSE curriculum, uh, many parents or the society has a lot of doubts uh, about the subject because it's something new. Right. But all through the years, we can see that the liberal studies teacher, because of of their uh, professionalism, has built up confidence among the parents in Hong Kong. So now...
5: Yes. Do, you, do you accept there always will be some exceptions? How about that example, uh, Ms. Siapas cited, although clearly P2 is not from liberal studies, but uh, of an exam or assessment question asking about the day that um, police officer shot a protester? Um, a large number of teachers of liberal studies in Hong Kong, they, the majority may be professional, but there will be some exceptions.
3: Well, so that, that's the same with uh, any other subject, right? So, if math teacher, Chinese teacher, English teacher, right, PE teachers, they could make mistakes. Of course, we are human beings; we make mistakes. So, when we make mistakes, okay, so let's correct them. We can point them out. I'm not saying that we are always correct. So, but I, I, I just don't want the society or some politicians to use liberal studies as the scapegoat for some of the social, uh, of some of the social phenomena that we are facing now in Hong Kong, and we. Liberal studies should be treated no different to other subjects when we are dealing with uh, teaching methods or the professionalism of the teachers.
5: And do, you, do you accept that you put forward a very strong case why you think liberal studies should stay, but, but realistically the chief executive has already said there are going to be fundamental changes to um, liberal studies. and You might not want that, but you just have to face that reality.
3: Well, Well, a- every, subject, uh, well a- every subject has to evolve with time. Right, so liberal studies is no different, as I just said. So, especially because liberal studies is talking is dealing with the current issues, so that sh- that there ought to be changes all through the years. Uh, after all, uh, liberal studies was introduced in two thousand nine, right? So it's all over ten years. So if, if the government thinks it's time to make some modifications, of course we are open. To that uh, idea, the, the the important thing is uh, whether or not the review of the curriculum or the examination is uh, open and professional, and would take in uh, opinions from all walks of life instead of just maybe uh, the government's view or some. Some politicians'
4: views. Okay, well, Colin Lye, thank you very much indeed for joining us, executive member of the Professional Teachers Union. Uh, two academics will be joining us uh, after the news uh, at nine. We'd like to hear from you as well. Drop us a line, at Uh Paul, uh, where is that email? Paul in typo says, What I glean from reading through my son's liberal studies textbooks is the Genesis 3 dynamic of putting your feelings and physical interaction with the world between oneself and the rule of law. I therefore find myself in the position of being in complete agreement with Regina Ip. Liberal studies should be removed from school curriculum and replaced with something practical. That's from Paul. Uh, Interesting comment. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, The weather mainly fine apart from some isolated showers. Very hot during the day. Maximum temperature about 33 degrees. A few showers in the next few days. Very hot at the weekend. There's a very hot weather warning uh, in place at the moment. And the latest readings 29 Celsius and the relative humidity is now at 80%. (laughs) You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverson. We're talking again about uh, liberal studies, about the textbooks and about uh, academic freedom. Uh, We had an interesting uh, discussion this morning uh, in the first part of the programme before nine with uh, Regina Ipp and uh, Colin Ly from the Professional Teachers uh, Union talking about separation of powers, it turned out, largely in the end. (laughs) Luckily, we have an expert, Danny Gittings, here uh, to hand. Uh, In the second part, we're going to be talking uh, about... uh, Academic freedom, uh, as well as the uh, education uh, in Hong Kong. Some thoughts uh, from listeners on uh, on the first part of the program. Uh, LK says, uh, EDB have said that all schools need to start teaching students about the national security legislation, but it seems that international schools are exempt. Why uh, that comes from uh, LK? Are they exempt? I, I, my impression. For, I were. mean, they
5: they have to uh, t- they have to t- uh, teach about the national anthem, but for national education, those are EDB
4: guidelines which don't Necessarily apply to those
5: not following the local system. Okay.
4: Uh, S says, Why is Regina bringing references from the UK and US every time she's on the radio? These are democracies. You can't pick and choose part of the constitution of other countries when it suits you for the sake of argument. Better to compare like for like. Uh, Mike says, history and recording of such misunderstanding of separation of powers. It will be determined by the CCP and NPC, so you minions don't have to worry, just listen to us. And the loudest, Regina, is always right, right? I spoke to an old golf partner last week, retired party chief secretary. One comment was pretty interesting in our discussion when discussing the sign of British Joint Declaration. I was educated to a new way of thinking, like we all will be soon. This is not an agreement you Westerners have to recognise. It's a declaration. We didn't agree to anything. It's not an agreement. China declared that they will take back Hong Kong, full stop. If you think China agreed to any condition, then you don't understand what declaration means. We, China, declared that we will take back Hong Kong. Get over it. I was a little shocked at that statement. I hadn't heard it before. I would like to hear what others might think of that view of history. That's uh, from Mike. Um, Alan says, Regina is ranting about how there is no separation of powers. This is highly disputed. So it's a topic that deserves discussion, not just her plan that she should shout her opinion and everyone else must shut up. She doesn't want discussion, just indoctrination. On the wider issue of liberal studies, like the free press, this is basically now dead in Hong Kong. No teacher will dare to lead a discussion. They must just parrot the government viewpoint and face public vilification and abuse by Regina Julius et al., that's from uh, Al, and uh, S says uh, Regina needs to be educated about liberal studies. It's about it's more about discussing and debating ideas, pros and cons of a certain subject, even when they disagree with certain views. It is not about regurgitating texts. Thanks very much indeed for those. Backchat at rthk.hk is our email address.
5: Our guests for the second half of the show, we have Professor Wenfang Tang, who's head and chair professor of the Division of Social Science at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, and Hoi Hong Wing, a lecturer at the Department of Educational Policy and Leadership at Hong Kong Education University. Good morning. Welcome to Backchat. Good morning. Uh, Professor Tang, let's go to you first. Now, Professor Tang is author of an op-ed which appeared in the South China Morning Post. The title of that op-ed is National Security Law, Hong Kong's Academic Freedom is Perfectly Safe. And Professor Tang goes on to say that Hong Kong has more academic freedom than the United States. So, Professor Tang, would you like to expand on that? Uh, Well, uh,
7: let's start with uh, the United States. I know uh, more. I spent more time there. Um, I think in the U.S., the youth uh, have more academic freedom. But in recent years, it's becoming, as China is uh, getting stronger, there's uh, more feeling of threat of China. So any research related uh, with uh, China seems to be under more pressure. Um, you see the cases of uh, scholars with Chinese ties being arrested and facing charges. Uh, under the name of national security law and uh, the, also you see the uh chinese government funded uh, confucius in- institutes are under heavy scrutiny by the u.s government again under national security law but if you look at other similar organizations like uh, like the korean foundation the japan japan foundation they do very similar things but they are allowed to operate
5: well, how about uh, so, how, how about here in Hong Kong, though? I mean, here, here in Hong Kong, you... Well,
7: uh, Hong Kong, I'm relatively new. I have a lot to learn. But from what I can tell, there's more freedom uh, here. One difference is uh, in the U.S., I was told not to voice political opinion um, in your classes because students may disagree with you, but they feel pressured to uh, uh, not to say anything. But in Hong Kong, it seems like that. Uh, uh, professors seem to be freer to voice their political views in classes. And you have, like, uh, I know very uh, uh, well-known case, like Professor Robert Chung at uh, HKU a few uh, years back. Uh, He challenged uh, HKU for violating Hong Kong. Uh, uh, academic freedom in Hong Kong he ended up with uh, a highly publicized victory. That seems to show that there's more academic freedom.
5: Well that case was something like 17 years. Uh, to close to 20 years ago actually now, so no, um, that, that was a long time ago. If you look at what's been happening more recently, you look at some academics like Benny Tai losing his job, uh, you look at a number of books being withdrawn from circulation since the national security law came into force. Sure, surely those are all credible grounds to understand why people might have concerns about academic freedom.
7: Sure. There, uh, well, I mean academic research. I, I, I don't know much about other fields like Publishing, right? Um, so, from from what I can tell, um, I don't feel any pressure to do my own research. Um, I can pick my own topic. I don't feel like someone is uh, looking over my back for what I'm teaching or what I'm doing. And I can I can tell on my campus, professors seem to be free to voice their opinions.
5: So what um, you see particularly
7: approach democracy opinion
5: you seem to be saying that from your personal experience and the people immediately around you you your personal experience both in the u.s and here that at the moment you feel freer here than you did in right. the u.s um, but you also say you don't you're not really acquainted with the situation in hong kong more widely
7: right that, that's true i mean what i can tell from uh, the national security law is uh, that that that's the reference point, right? We're talking about. And when I look at the national security law, it seems to me like it's designed to stop violence. Right? If you define academic freedom as uh, overthrowing the government and uh, um, uh, declaring Hong Kong independence, hang on, probably not... people will feel threatened.
5: There's lots of ways to but, over- overthrow a government without me, violence. For I,
7: I have no intention to do that. So I don't. And, and in the meantime, the national security law states very clearly that, uh, that it will protect Hong Kong people's freedom of expression. So,
4: you're if, in the. If I
7: can see it. I don't see any threat.
5: You're in the division of social science. You must. Uh, you, you and your colleagues will spend a, a, a lot of time discussing um, political science, different systems of government. Um, So surely, then, if you're talking about changing the system of government, that that, that can be seen as overthrowing a government, and then that brings you into the area of the national security law.
7: Well, I I see uh, objective, uh, fair, fact-based academic research differently from political advocacy. Um, I'm a scholar. I do research. I use facts. I try to present a view when I teach students I want to teach them to see the same thing from different views. So for me, that is academic freedom. It's not advocating just one side Article, of the
4: story. Yeah, Article Nine of the of the National Security Legislation, the actual law, just says that the government, uh, the government, the SAR government, will strengthen uh, its work on safeguarding national security, uh, and should take necessary measures to strengthen. Supervision and regulation over matters uh, concerning national security, including those relating to universities. Uh, so the law says that the government is going to uh, take action in universities. Does that concern you?
7: Well, under cer- under certain certain conditions, right, taking action. Uh, uh, that no, 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 new no, 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 sorry, no, not, A no, no, sorry, of no, not under certain conditions academics.
4: now, no, people doesn't...
7: arrested, people being arrested in the U.S., yeah. that was
4: university, sorry, I'm not talking about the U.S., uh, I'm talking about Hong Kong, it doesn't give any conditions, it says that that's going to happen now, the government is going to do that,
7: but I have no, um I haven't heard any evidence,
4: well, That's the law.
7: There's no evidence to
4: show that. Well, the law says it's going to do that. The government of the SAR shall take necessary measures to strengthen public communication, guidance, supervision, and regulation of the matters concerning national security, including those relating to universities.
7: Right. Uh, For me, that means if you advocate violence, if you uh, support uh, Hong Kong independence, if you want to uh, overthrow the government... I think those things might be under the law, and that includes universities. I don't see anything wrong. In the meantime, it says very clearly uh, people's freedom of expression will be protected.
5: Okay, uh, let's bring in our other guest, um, Hoi Hong Wing, lecturer, at Department of Educational Policy and Leadership at Hong Kong Education University. Uh, Mr. Hoi. Hi. Right. Hi. Yes. Uh,
2: that i can not agree with Professor professor's views on the national security law uh in my views uh, as a uh, people grow up here in hong kong i think uh before the implementation of the national security Law, uh we we do enjoy different kinds of freedom uh including the academic freedom but after the national security law being implemented uh in these kind of uh, in, in this few months, I think uh, it's really a threat to us as a university uh, teacher. Uh, actually, uh, when I have some publication on newspaper, uh, I, have, I, I remember I have uh, published an article uh, to talk about the uh, police brutality, and someone come to me and to give me some reminder that we should prevent. To talk about the police, so uh, I think, uh, of course, uh, the article has been published. But after that, I have things that I have some consequences. But uh, sorry, con-
5: we, what do you mean consequences? Uh,
2: someone told me that uh, it's better for me not to uh, talk about the police anymore.
4: Who? To- who, the who? Someone in, in? Someone at the university? You mean? Yes. Someone? But then you say the consequence. Have there actually
5: somebody told you not to do that, or somebody advised you against doing it? But you did it anyway. But you you, uh, have you faced any consequences for that or uh, not?
2: I I think uh, uh, I I, I can I can I can uh, understand the 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 meaning of consequences. But uh, it seems that uh, uh, they told me uh, please not to uh, talk about police anymore and. Actually, the article I re- I have written on the newspaper is not about to blame the police, and I uh, just to mention about uh, why the police was saying the public did not like them. Uh, I just want to give my give some reminder to the police force uh, to do their job properly and to think about. Uh, to think about uh, their attitude towards the uh, citizens on the protesters. That's all. But uh, it seems that uh, someone doesn't like my article what? to tell me not to write about the police anymore. What? I think this is one of the, exam- the examples that uh, some authorities to try to threaten the scholars to express their views on the public.
4: Mr. Tang?
7: Well, I don't know what to say. I published my op-ed a few days ago. If you look at online, I got a lot of cursings. You know, people disagree with me. I don't see that as a... As a but threat to my academic freedom. It's a bit I different from. free enough to say what I want to say.
5: It's a bit different from someone at your own institution, and we can presume, although Mr. Hoyden tell us, someone uh, perhaps uh, superior to you at your own in, or more senior at your own institution, asking you Wait. not to do something. And then, you, of course, there is always an implicit threat that that might have consequences for your career. I mean, uh, you're a chair well, professor already, you're, not, you're not really going to worry so much about that. But if you're in a more junior position and you're hoping for promotion, um, someone, uh, in, as, in, as in any line of work, if so, someone's suggesting you shouldn't do something and then you go ahead and do it, it can affect your career.
7: Well, you can sue them, as a Professor Robert Chone did. <laughs> he, he won the case.
5: You're again, you're going back to something that happened uh, b- best part of 20 years well, ago, and okay, well, necessarily well, what, um, well, what, the climate today. What I'm today. To say is
7: 1997 is a much bigger event than this national security law. The fear at that time was a lot more serious, a hundred times more serious than the fear now, and it seems in the past 23 years, it seems there's very little evidence to show the limitation of academic
2: freedom. Mr Hoi. Well, uh, I, I want to have a response to Professor Tang about the this kind of threat. Because the national security law, uh, they will tell you, you will definitely violating the law uh, in what kind of circumstances. But actually, if the law, uh, they will have some uh, effect, Uh, the lecturers or the university scholars, they would do some self-censorship. I think it is really a threat to the political freedom, uh, to the the academic freedom. I totally agree with you. That's the the worst thing,
7: uh, self-censorship. But I think um, if self-censorship is based on fear, which is not backed by fence, I think the censorship is very bad. Um, But fear, Itself is bad for academic freedom. But if we believe, if we have the fear without facts, we can either become activists, right? We can join a political campaign for academic freedom that takes takes time away from our doing our research, or we can self censor. And that, again, changes our teaching, our research. And in the process, our academic freedom is, is uh, limited. But, but the fear, I, I need more facts. If you don't have more concrete examples to show me, then the fear is groundless. Mm.
4: All right, here's a specific case. This is from uh, an email from G. Uh, who says, does your guest, I think this is uh, addressing you, Professor Tang, uh, does your guest believe that despite the national security law, there can now be free discussion in universities in Hong Kong relating to competing territorial claims of areas of the South China Sea, and how they should or could be resolved, or is there only one permitted position to take, uh, namely that all the waters within the nine-dash line belong to the PRC? That's a question from G. Professor Tang? Um, yes,
7: of course. If you if it's a fact-based, um, fair, object, objective discussion to show the different views of the issue as debate, I think that's a very healthy thing to, to do. We should be encouraged to do that.
5: But do you accept that some scholars might might be concerned, especially given the ambiguous la- language in the national security law?
7: Uh, no uh, if, if i if okay scholar, uh, professor
5: tang first then we'll go back to mr hoi professor tang no my y-
7: answer is no If okay. i'm the scholar i wouldn't have the hesitation okay if let's I, go. if my agenda is to present facts and present
2: objective fair balanced views
5: okay mr hoi
2: and uh, i think for the general discussion and debate in the classroom i think uh, that would be fine uh for discuss uh, such issues but uh I'm concerned is about uh, when we try to talk about this issue, the language we use. Uh, maybe uh, will let the, the students in the class, they will have different feelings. And it would let them to have some complaints on the lecturer or discussing the topic. Uh, actually, uh, these kinds of students' complain uh, especially from the uh, mainland students, uh, a quite common practice for them to to lodge a complaint to the uh, university authorities on the uh, teacher's political views. I think that would be a very dangerous thing, uh, especially after the national security uh, security law, because uh, you never know whether the student would think this will uh, related to the issues of national security. So I think it also endanger our uh, freedom. Uh, of academic in the classrooms,
4: uh, Mr. Hoi, should academics in Hong Kong just be a little bit braver? Uh, if you want to stand up and say something, then stand up.
2: Uh, yes, we, uh, we can do that, but we uh, also uh, need to have an uh, preparation for losing your job. Okay, uh, most of most of us uh, in the, the contract terms, uh, we need to renew our contract mm-hmm. after three, two or three years. And you let know uh, whether this, uh, this kind of, for example, the, the complaints on the political issues will undermine your uh, price
5: Is that something you were preparing for? Do you have any concerns yourself? You said earlier you were advised not to write about the police, and you went went ahead to do so. Um, do you ever think? I'm not saying that anyone has suggested it to you, but do you ever worry that maybe next time your contract comes up for renewal, it might it might be affected by this? Uh, uh,
2: maybe a little bit, but uh, actually, uh, I would try to uh, talk uh, as much as uh, as much as I can uh, to uh, to. To arouse the public to uh, get more attention to certain uh, to certain social issues, uh, but and actually uh, that's true. Uh, I have some preparation for any time uh, for. Not to get the contract renewed. Uh, that's what I can do to safeguard the uh, myself uh, the academic uh, academic
5: freedom. And do you think there can be a link between writing an article c- critical of the police and then not having a contract renewed?
2: Uh, I think you can never have the evidence to uh, convince you about this language. I don't think uh, there will be a very clear linkage between these two issues. But you, I, I, I can't I, I can, I can give the evidence to uh, prove that. Uh, so uh, that's why uh, some of our colleagues will try to uh, do self-censorship to protect ourselves.
5: Uh, professor, uh, professor Tang, how about, how about that? I mean, of course, very, I, I'm not sure about you, your chair professor. Very few ac- academics in Hong Kong actually have security of tenure. So we, the whole point of that is that you, you, you can feel free to speak without actually um, losing your, fear of losing your well,
7: job. Uh, again, show me the facts. If, I think the fact that this professor, you are on the show, you are voicing different opinions, shows to me that there is academic freedom in Hong Kong.
5: Or that will it, people are willing to take the risks.
7: What show me the fact? Is what risk?
5: Well, the risk uh, of not having your contract renewed. Are,
7: are there cases like that?
5: There have been a number of cases where academics have, ra- of course, as you as you know, we, it's, it's never clear entirely reasons. There have been a number of cases where ac- academics who have spoken out on various issues have not had their contracts renewed, and have suggested that perhaps that this was one factor behind
7: it. Well, yeah. I would like to learn more about that. Um, I attended a. Uh, uh, workshop at hong kong university last last saturday and i asked the panelists on the, uh, they, those are experts on academic freedom and for concrete example they didn't give me any they didn't even respond to my question uh, okay I, i'm open to learn
4: Mm. All right. Uh, a comment. This is an email from Greg, who says, your Mr. Tang comes across as the kind of overseas academic the government wants, a lapdog and in denial about the restrictions Hong Kong is being subject to. It comes from Greg. I've got to say, uh, Professor Tang, there is this widespread feeling. And, uh, and you know, we there, there are several... Uh, academics who were regular commentators Who've left uh, on, hong kong. on this program well yes some have left hong kong and and, and others just won't uh, speak up anymore um uh, uh, would your message be uh, don't be afraid to speak up or would your message because also in your in the uh, op-ed piece you, you talked about your experiences in the cultural revolution would your advice be uh, keep your head down um, don't don't mess directly in politics. Uh, it's not the job of an academic. The job of an academic is to write research papers and, and so on. Um, so, stay out of public life. Uh, which, which which are you advocating? Well, first of all, your, your, your audience, I feel
7: um, please face me. If you want to face me, face me. Don't say things like that. It's insulting. It's not solving any problem. Okay? Everyone has a the right to say whatever, express their own opinions. Um, What kind of laptop are you then? Um, So my advice is I separate uh, academic, uh, political advocacy from academic academic research. Hmm. I'm I'm not interested in political campaigns because of my personal background, because I grew up in the Cultural Revolution, because I wasted my valuable time. I couldn't go to college. Um, at that time, so I'm more into what I'm good at. I want. I'm more interested in research. I'm passionate about research. I think I was. I'm more interested in finding truth uh, based on facts. So that that would be my advice. I. I I don't want to. Uh, are you, are you saying? Are you saying? Fear or mm. become a political activist? Oh yeah, I uh, want to be a good scholar.
4: You're, yeah, you're saying keep your head down.
7: Uh, no, I have my view. I, I voice my view. Mm-hmm.
4: Right, keep, keep your if, head down on you, political issues. But
7: separate from my work.
4: Yeah, Mister Hoy.
2: My work is my work. Mister Hoy. I think. I think for uh, people grow here and to enjoy so much uh, benefits from the society. I think as a local, uh, I will put more, much more concerned on the political development in Hong Kong. Uh, as a scholar, uh, we don't, we don't just to do our own research, but we have to advocate some improvement and development in our society. That's one of the responsibilities of a scholar. And we not just to do our own research we have to
4: do other things to make our society better okay let's just wrap up with some uh, with, with some emails uh, james sent a link to a story from uh, the sydney morning herald it says a very interesting article many vacancies of the australian international school and many other international schools as term starts very unusual covid19 or national security law. That's the, the subject line. Australian International School. Hong Kong principal resigns over academic freedom concerns. Um, thank you very much indeed to, to our guest this morning, to uh, Professor uh, uh, Wenfeng Tang, who's uh, head and chair professor of the Division of Social Sciences at the University of Science and Technology, to uh, Hoi Hon Wing, a lecturer at the Department of Education Policy and Leadership at the Hong Kong Education University. Uh, a few emails uh, basically relating to uh, the discussion in the first part of the program. TC says the SAR government created its own monster by creating a subject called Liberal Studies and abolished history as a compulsory subject. Because it wants to avoid sensitive topics in Chinese history since 1949. I also question, he says, uh, I also question whether the true separation of powers really exists. For example, in Hong Kong, the executive branch has vast legislative powers. Uh, in the US, only a member of Congress can legislate. The executive branch's legislative power is limited to presidential veto, which can be overridden, and the VP acting as the president of the Senate, who can vote only in a tie. And LegCo members in Hong Kong can also be members of the Executive Council. For example, Regina Yip in the US. Anyone in Cabinet can't be a member of the other two branches of uh, government. And uh, let's see, on the question of separation of powers, Bowen says. Regina Ip's point that there's no separation of power in the UK is pretty juvenile. The truth is that the existence of separation of powers is a matter of extent and manner in a country like the UK. Similarly, her argument that there is no separation of power in Hong Kong is shallow because in the context of Hong Kong, we're on top of what the courts have said, sections 1 to 4 of the chapter on political structure in the basic law are the chief executive, the executive authorities, the legislature and the judiciary, respectively. So at the very least, you have got to admit, you can't unequivocally say that separation of power does not not exist here. You are only entitled to ask or query to what extent and in what manner it exists in Hong Kong. Regine, it exists in Hong Kong. Virginia Yip has lost her objectivity in saying in an unqualified manner that it does not exist here. Um, Matthew says does Regina. Agree that the Justice Secretary interfering to stop a private legal action against a taxi driver uh, who allegedly deliberately drove into a crowd is a good example to support our argument that there is no separation of powers in Hong Kong and that this is a good thing. Uh, And Natalie says, thank you, Danny and Colin, for stating the true spirits of liberal studies and education. The gist of successful education system should stimulate students' critical thinking and enable them to voice out their thoughts with reasonings. The way how Regina proposed is obviously outdated. In regards to separation of powers, as an ex-student of Danny, I think Regina's view is just unfounded. That's uh, from Natalie. Thank you very much indeed. And CW uh, says uh, last Sunday, the Hong Kong government never sent a representative to lay a wreath on the 75th anniversary of Victory Over Japan Day. This this is a vital part of Hong Kong history. Thousands of Hong Kongs lost their lives during this period. Is this part of Hong Kong history taught in schools? Why did the Hong Kong government not lay uh, a wreath? That is from uh, CW. Thank you for uh, all your uh, emails and uh, comments today. Thank you very much indeed, Danny. Uh, we'll be back at 8.30 on Monday, of course. Here's the weather. many fine, apart from isolated showers. Very hot again, and there's a very hot weather warning at the moment. Light winds, the outlook, a few showers in the next few days. Very hot at the weekend 29 degrees now humidity is at 78 percent to prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds put the lid down before flushing add water to u traps regularly cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell fully cover your nose mouth and chin with a mask Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. 9.34, the News Now with Ben Che. Former U.S.
1: Vice President Joe Biden is preparing to make the most important speech of his long political career as he accepts the Democratic Party nomination to challenge Donald Trump for the White House. American officials have declined to acknowledge any plans for a new round of trade talks with China after Beijing said discussions would take place in the coming days. The video conference talks were originally due to take place last Thursday. German Chancellor Angela Merkel says her country stands ready to give all necessary help to the Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny after his supporters said he was poisoned. The German Peace Foundation says an air ambulance is poised to leave for Russia to collect Mr. Navalny, who is said to be in a coma in the Siberian city of Omsk, and the U.S. Secretary.